Good afternoon. And Happy New Year. And uh, it's good to be here today, today um, in a brand new year uh, of uh, 2019. Um, I hope you guys had a, a great Christmas time and uh, a wonderful crossover to, to 2019. Um, I'm sure that um, many of us, as I, I think this is just normal, that every, every year when it's just the beginning of the year, people, they make kind of new resolutions and uh, they set up some goals for themselves and this is what I want to achieve this year, this is what I want to do. But I just want to say to you, if you came this afternoon and maybe you haven't even made uh, any New Year resolutions because of some other reasons and some limitations that you might have in your life. But I just want to tell you that you came on the right time. I'm glad that you're here today um, because this passage of scripture that we're preaching about uh, this afternoon might be your uh, 2019 resolution. So if you're joining us for the very uh, first time today, uh, we've been tracking with um, a series called Ephesians, uh, Ephesians series. Uh, today, um, we, also, we are in the middle of, uh, of that series called Ephesians. Um, so last week, Anthony started this new chapter, chapter three of Ephesians, looking at the centrality of the local church. And we looked at an amazing plan of God for, for the church and also for the, for the um, multicolored um, uh, family of God that God has just created. But today we are looking on the second part of chapter 3 of Ephesians. If you have a Bible with you, if you can turn on Ephesians chapter 3, we're reading from verse 14 uh, to, to 21. But um, I will encourage you this year, if you are a believer in Jesus and you don't have a Bible, I will encourage you to make means to, to get one. It's so important that um, if you are a, a Christian, you have a Bible. But if you are visiting with us today and you don't have a Bible, you don't have to worry. I've, we've got um, some readings um, on the screen for you. Let's read um, just this couple of verses from verse 14 um, to 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge or understanding, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory to the church and in Christ Jesus throughout 
all generations, forever and ever. Amen. The, the topic for today that we're talking about, it's um, the unfathomable love of God. And when I was just preparing this message, um, I had to go through uh, my dictionary and find an understanding of this world when they're talking about the unfathomable love of God. And it was talking about the deep love, the immeasurable love, the bottomless love, the love that you will never be able to get to the bottom of it, that you can never get to the um, on top of it, that you will never go around it. It is important to understand that when Paul was saying or writing this prayer, um, he was still in prison. Paul is writing this prayer to strengthen not just the people of Ephesus, but also the whole family of believers, which is the church. Those are the God's people and God's family. So Paul is starting by saying, I'm bowing, my, I'm bowing my knees before the Father. And he is praying for the church and for you and me. And it is my prayer today that this prayer may be the template. This prayer may be the foundation for you in 2019. And it can be, become the kind of prayer that you soak your love into for the rest of your life. I know that sometimes when we, when we read the Bible, or maybe when we read this particular prayer, we're so tempted just to run through and dismiss all the realities of what Apostle Paul was praying about for us here. Sometimes we dismiss those Realities because of our impossibilities. We dismiss them because of our fears, of our doubts, maybe because of our limitations. Or maybe by not finding it easy to believe that what Paul is talking about in this passage of Scripture, it can be possible for our lives. But I'm praying that today, will be a different day with this passage of scripture. We're going to take some few minutes just to dig in and see what Paul is praying about for this church of Ephesus and for you and for me. There are just but three parts that I want to take from, from this passage of scripture that will help us to understand and get the idea of what Paul was talking about. The first part of, of this prayer, Paul is praying that God may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being. And that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith in Jesus. And I want to say this again, that as we read this this prayer, we must keep in mind that it is not only written for the Ephesians. 
for the Ephesians, but it's also written for you and for me to, to strengthen us. It is important to note that the strength that Paul is talking about in this passage of Scripture is the spiritual strength. In order to understand this word, what it means to be strengthened, you need to understand the opposite of the word. Which the opposite of the word that I've found is to be discouraged. If the devil wants to destroy someone's life, he will use this very same weapon. If you don't believe me, you must ask people who are morose today. They will tell you where that started from. It started from the enemy starting to discourage them and to whisper some words that are negative that will make them to look down upon themselves and feel as if they are uh, failures, then they can't do anything in their lives. Mind you that when Paul is writing this passage of scripture, this prayer, he was in prison. And he was about to face judgment. But I'm sure he had all the reasons in his life to be discouraged and to be morose. But he refused to allow the discouragement from the enemy. But instead, he allowed himself to be strengthened in the love of God. So that's why Paul here is praying that God may give, that God may grant you to be encouraged, to be strengthened with the power that comes through the Holy Spirit in your inner being. This kind of strength is always inward. This strength is in our hearts. It is in our inner being. It is a strength that comes through only the Holy Spirit in our lives. This strength is a mighty strength that Paul mentioned in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19 when he was talking about that the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might. That is why we hear him in Ephesians, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, he says, Ginamanda Ogwenza Gonke Gaye Onkinisayo. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. So he was praying for the same strength for you and for me. And part two of his prayer. Paul is praying that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. You know, when I was just asking myself why this was so important for, for Paul to just talk about that we've been strengthened with the power of God through the Holy Spirit. And then he's talking about that Christ may dwell in our lives. Then I um, was trying to find the, the meaning of this word dwell, 
and dwell means to, to reside, to live there, to have a home, and to be settled. He was praying that Christ may dwell in our lives. That we're not, we, 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 we're not just going to be the churchgoers. People who come to church and just worship and pray and listen to the word and go home. And then, but and he was just praying that Christ will have a home in our hearts. That Christ will dwell in our he will He will never leave us. Every day of our lives, seven days a week, he will dwell. He will make a home. He will be settled. He won't just sit with one palm, but he will be settled. He will have a comfort. He will just know that with Robert, I have a place. This is my home. This is where I dwell. This is my dwelling place. When he dwells in us, we start to become more and more like him. Someone said this to me, that have you ever noticed that when people are married, they, when they uh, stay together, when they dwell in each other's lives, they look alike. So that's the same thing that Christ is doing when, when he dwells in us. The Bible says, then we'll be more and more like him. When Christ is in our heart through his spirit, our hearts, they become filled with his love. Because God's love has been poured into our heart through, Holy, through, through his Holy Spirit who has been given to us. When Christ dwells with us, we indeed become rooted and established in his love. Paul explained this dwelling. He then used two metaphors when he's talking about that when we dwell, when he dwell in us so that we can be rooted and be grounded in Christ. This kind of two metaphors is that our faith shall be like a tree whose roots are implanted or rooted in the love of Christ. And our roots will go deep in him and everything that we produce will come from him. The Bible is talking about that in Psalm chapter 1 that those who, and, and also Jeremiah chapter 7, 17 verse 8 that when we be like a tree that is planted by the river who always reach out its roots on this water, uh, on those streams so that Whatever that we give, then we will bear much fruit. And the second metaphor that he's talking about is that we shall be like a house whose foundation is embedded or grounded in the love of Christ. In Matthew 7, verse 24 to 25. That is why here in Reconciliation Road Church, our vision statement we say we re reconcile to God through Jesus. We love all people advancing God's kingdom on earth. That means our only source of love that we can give to anyone in our lives is in being reconciled to God. Allowing Christ to dwell in our hearts and be rooted in the love of Christ. Brothers and sisters, 
Without that, everything that we do outside of that will be just fake. Paul prays that we might be strengthened to understand how wide, how long, how high, how deep the, 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 the Christ's love is for your life and my life. There's a song that says the love of Jesus is so wonderful. It's so wide, you can't go around it. It's so deep, you can't go underneath. It's so high, you can't go over it. Oh, wonderful love of God. That's a love of God that God has given to us. In our logo for this church, we, we see those um, triangles that is coming in. Those are the kind of people coming from different nations, from different backgrounds, coming to Christ, to the center. So Paul is praying for you and for me to be strengthened, to come to an understanding that Christ's love is wide enough to embrace all men, young and old, white and black, rich and poor. He died for all so that we may live for him. His love is long enough to last forever. That is why up to now, he has not given up on you. He is still giving you a chance after chance. He has given you another year to be able to do, to live for him and to be pleasing in his life. His love is deep enough to reach down to the lowest sinner. That is why he didn't come to condemn or to judge the world, but that the world may be saved through him. And this love is high enough to lift that sinner up to heaven. As the Bible says, we will rose with him and we are seated with him in the heavenly places. The cross is the greatest sign of, of God's love. The horizontal beam of the cross it, that is reaches from west, uh, from west to east, it shows that he can reach to anyone and everywhere. And the upright post of the cross that reaches from earth to heaven, that itself showed the wide and the length and the depth and the height of the love of God to show us that love of Christ is great enough to reach everyone in every way. He, that love is for you as well today. When Paul is praying, he's praying that all families might not only understand how great Christ's love is, but that they might, they might also know his life, that they might get into the center of his love. As we were talking about that sign, that those people that are coming to that center, to Christ, to understand the love of God. That each and every one of us, we might experience 
his love personally in our own lives. Love is so great in such a way that it surpasses all understanding, all knowledge. Sometimes when we sing, we call it a reckless love because his love has got no reasons. When I came to Christ, I don't know why he loved me so. Because I didn't do anything right. I was not doing well, but he still loved me. The Bible says that he showed his love towards us. That while we were sinners, while we were far from him, but he sent his son to come and die for us. His love surpasses all understanding. However, as big as the love of God is, but we can all come and experience this love in our own hearts. And having experienced it, we shall be filled to the measures of all the fullness of God. What is it like to be filled with all the fullness of God? There are just kind of these few passages of scriptures. The fullness of God includes every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Ephesians 1 verse 3. It includes the riches of his gracious inheritance, our hope, in Ephesians 1 verse 18. It includes his incomparable great power in Ephesians 1 verse 19. And finally, it includes his great love, which he has poured out into our hearts by his Holy Spirit. If Christ dwells in our hearts through faith, all this, all the fullness of God will be ours. Let it be our constant prayer for ourselves, for our families, for our church, and for each other this year. That we might be continually filled with all the fullness of God. Let us not limit our prayers to the small things because of our limitations. But rather, let us be like Paul and pray for the greatest thing that is ever possible to imagine, the fullness of God. What an amazing prayer that Paul has prayed for, for, for Ephesus. What an amazing prayer that uh, Paul has prayed for you and for me today. Prayer for strength. Prayer for deep love that is rooted and embedded in him. Prayer for knowledge of him and for all the fullness of God. Do you think God can answer such a prayer? Does God have power to fulfill such prayer for you and for me. But my answer is, he certainly does. Because if you look at verse 20, we see Paul begin this verse by saying, now to him who is able. I pray that you may catch what Apostle Paul was talking about here. He is not trying to, to lecture us about God. But he is sharing his experience of the faithfulness of God in his own life. 
He is praying that you also may share the same experience of the faithfulness of God in your own life. He says, now to him who is able to do more than all we ask or think. As we were just singing earlier that our God is able. Our God is able to do not just some, but to do all. All means all. There is no reservations. There is nothing that is impossible with him. But there is nothing, there is no greatest thing than to come and ask God that God, Father, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. God is able to forgive our sins. No matter how big they are. We see that in Isaiah 1 verse 18. God is inviting us. He's inviting you and me. He said, come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like skeletons, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be, become like wool. But the good thing is that when, 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 when David in Psalm 103, um, he starts by talking about that, that uh, bless the Lord all my soul. And he's talking about that who forgives all our sins. And heal all our diseases. Because our God is not just able to forgive our sins. But he's also able to deal with everything that we find so hard. That we find so difficult for our lives. And in all things that seems in our life so impossible in our own strength. He said, ask. It shall be given to you. He is not just able to do what you ask, but he is also able to, to do what you think. God understands all your thoughts from afar. All your hopes, all your dreams, even things that your mind, that you think in your mind you think they are too big for God. You don't even dare to even try to ask God. Sometimes we, we always, when we come to God, you know, whenever you have you ever seen someone when he's giving to church, they always like open wallets and say, oh, this is 100 rand, 200 rand. No, okay, 10 rand, you know, this is fine. Even when we come to, when we come to bringing our request to God, sometimes we think, oh, this is too big for God. This is, okay, this one I can ask God because it's simple. But the Bible says here, he is able to do what we ask, but he's also able to do what we think. He's able to fulfill all your dreams, all your visions, all your ideas, and things that you're even afraid to ask, to come and ask God. Because he is not doing it according to your limitations, but he is doing it according to his glory, to his riches in glory. I like the Bible because it didn't talk that he's doing it out of. Because if you're doing something out of, you, you're just giving something and you are left with, it, it, it depends what you decide. But the Bible says he's giving according to his riches in glory. 
In other words, you can come and ask God for anything. Doesn't matter what your bank account is saying to you. Doesn't matter what your body is telling you. But he's doing it not according to your limitations. But he's doing it according to his glory. His riches and glory. But here are the good news that we heard from this word today. That now to him who is not just able to do all that we ask or think. But he can do far more abundantly than what we can ask or think from him. Let's pause for a moment. I want to ask you this question. What are you asking God today? Doesn't matter if it's, it's a small thing. Doesn't matter if it's a big thing. But what are you trusting God with your lives? What are your hopes and dreams? What are your New Year resolutions? What are your hopes and dreams for your family, for your country, for your church? And even things that for many, many years you've been afraid to bring them to God because of your limitations. Remember in John chapter 11, when Jesus arrived there to Martha and Mary, they were like, say, we lost hope about Lazarus. It's been four days. We can't even, you're too late, Jesus. But Jesus said, show me. Show me. And when they, when they came, he said, remove. Remove the stone. Remove everything that you have put upon those things. And like those kind of stones were like representing our discouragement and giving up and think there's no hope for this. But Jesus said, I can do more than what you can ask me. I can do more than your hopes and dreams, what you can think. Our God is able to do the very same thing that you ask. But what I like about God is that when we, ask, when we come to him, he says, this is what you're asking. I can do that. But I cannot just do that. But I, I can even do far more abundantly even above than what you can think or imagine. Paul is praying that you may be strengthened, you may be rooted and grounded in the communion with God in such a way that you may understand that with him all things are possible. Once you experience that, What you ask of him, what you concern about, will be possible with God. You won't go anywhere else because you will be strengthened and grounded and rooted in his love. That is why Paul, when he comes to this point in verse 20, he is failing to find just one word that can, that can take the meaning 
or bring the meaning that is trying to, 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 to express and tell to these people about the faithfulness of God. And when it comes to this, to, to encourage people that now to him who is able. And now he was struggling to find the right word that he can say, God can do what you think, what you're asking him, what you're hoping for. And he was failing to get the right, the right word. I think for those who sometimes come to church with red pens, um, to come and check people's grammar for certain languages. And this day, they had a difficult day with Paul. Because this day, Paul was not praying English. But Paul was praying the will of God. And he was praying and sharing the experience that he had from God. You know, sometimes when you come to church and say, good morning, church, people will say, no, is, is it crazy? This is not morning, it's afternoon, you know. And people, they always try to, to create the language. But when it comes to Paul, they didn't know what to say. Because he was not sharing something that is just ordinary, but he was sharing something that is from his experience. So Paul, at the end, he just make up his own word. And he created a word that is superlatives of superlatives. And, you know, when we think of something great, something that is greater than the world, and we add something on top of it, and then you come up with something. You know, sometimes people, they say, to say thank you, I wish I can find another word that is bigger than that. Because every time our language will fail us. But Paul, he's come to say that now to him, who is able to do far more abundantly than all what we can think or ask. Brothers and sisters, that tells us that every time we ask God something, he is able to do it. Doesn't matter if your, your father has failed you, if your mother has failed you, if your neighbors has, have failed you, but God will never fail. He is able to do it. If we allow our hearts and minds to be filled with all the fullness of God and understand that all that God wants to do in our lives is not according to our power, but is according to his riches in glory and his power that is at work within us. I may not know what you're going through in your life right now or this week or this year, I may not understand your situation. I may not know what you're asking God for, what is in your heart, what is in your mind. But there is only one thing that I know, that our God is able. Our God is able to do far more abundantly beyond exceedingly than all what you can ask or think. Just bring that to him. He is not just able, but he is willing. He wants you 
to be strengthened. He wants you to be rooted and grounded in his love. So that the glory will come to his name. Because if things were leaning on our strength and power, we were going to take the glory. But he wants us to lean on his power and his strength. So that the glory will be only to his name. But what I like the Bible that is saying is that this is not far from you. Because he's talking about that this power, his power is already at work in your life right now. His power is already at work in your life to save you. His power is already at work in your life to heal you. His power is already at work in your life to come every storm that you're facing in your life and to bring the breakthroughs that you need for 2019. Our God is able to do that for you even far more abundantly than what you can ask or think. Can I ask Jethro and the team just to come as we, as we conclude this message today? Why God is doing all this? Why he, in the midst of our situation, like as I've said before, that Paul was in prison, he was about to face judgment, but he's saying this way is that full of hope. He was not discouraged. He was strengthened in God. He was rooted and grounded in his love. And he was filled with the fullness of God in his love. Why God is doing all this to our lives is not because we deserve it or because we're better than other people. But he is doing this so that to him be the glory in the church. So that to him be the glory in Christ Jesus through all generations to generations forever and ever. Amen. Apostle Paul started in verse 16 by saying, all that God wants to give us is according to his riches and glory not according to our ability and strength. And in verse 21, he concludes by saying, so that to him be the glory in the church and in Christ to all generation forever and ever. As we are about to pray, if you can join me as we stand um, and, and just respond to God and worship him, if you can all stand. Maybe you came here today discouraged, you lost hope, you don't know what future holds for you, you don't know what this year will look like in your life because of your limitations and, and things that you've been facing in your life and, and the, uh, the trials and temptations and the storm that you're facing in your own family, but God wants to strengthen you in your inner being with his power. Maybe you never accepted Jesus in your life as a Lord and Savior. But today is your day that you can allow Christ to enter into your life and dwell in you through faith. A 
make your life to be your, his home. Maybe you're already a Christian, but you want to be rooted. You want to be grounded in his love so that you may experience his worth, his length, his depth, and his height of his love. And finally, maybe you're trusting God for something this year. But God is promising from his word. He said, I can do that for you. What you ask me. But I cannot just do that, but I can do it more, far more abundantly. Will you just trust me with your life? It will be said if just Jesus is offering this you go so weak and tired and drag your life as if you, you don't know what is happening. But he said, I want to strengthen you in your inner being so that you can have this hope in Jesus that everything is alright. Everything is possible with him. And you want you to, you want to dwell in you. You want to root you and ground you in your faith and your love of him. And you want you to to understand the power, the goodness of God in your life. And above that, you want to do exactly what you ask him. But not just that, but more above than what you ask. Exceedingly beyond. But if you say, I'm trusting God for something. Maybe I want to accept Jesus and allow him to dwell in my life. I never made that decision. We can come and pray with you as we, as we are worshiping and we sing this song that our Lord is able. As we sing this, we need to trust that God is able. You know what is in your mind. You know what you're asking God. Will you trust him? Say, I know the God that you are able. I've tried everything else. I've tried everything else, but it didn't work. But what is impossible with men, what is impossible with doctors, it is possible with our God. Will you trust him? Let's just sing. If you feel like you, you value prayer, if we sing, we've got a pastoral team, we've got people that will be able to pray with you today and trusting God with you that God is able to do exceedingly above than what you ask what you think what you hope and, and dreams God is able let's trust him together as we sing thank you Lord thank you Jesus